And we are back with episode, I believe this is six. This is number three in a row, but they've all been a little bit shorter today. Uh, we're going, once again, through our 2020 season predictions. Um, I am still here with my with my co-host, that's all I can say. <laughs> um, my delusional co-host uh, for the playoffs and the award predictions. So, let's just jump right into it. Um, we're going to start out with the NFC um, seven seed versus two seed. We got the Cardinals versus the 49ers. It's a divisional game. 12-4, 49ers playing the 10-6 Cardinals. Would you like to say something? Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty chalk game. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fairly easy to, to determine. Um, I, I mean, it's the playoffs. Cardinals could always win, but I just don't see it happening. I don't see the Niners losing in the playoffs. I think Robert Saleh yelled at his defensive line enough that they just, you know, get a lot of sacks. What nuanced commentary. Yes, um, details. Yes, and then we have Eagles versus Buccaneers. Eagles four seed um, being, let me see, nine and seven, and the Buccaneers being the five seed, 12 and four. Buccaneers actually get uh, getting in, even though they didn't necessarily win the division. Uh, now with only one team getting the bye week, uh, you know, you're going to only have the Saints in the one seed this year, so. All right, next we have the four-seed Eagles versus the five-seed Buccaneers. Just a reminder, Eagles went 9-7, and seven, and the Buccaneers went 12-4. and four. Uh, Who do we have winning this one, Eagles fan? Oh, we have the Eagles. It's actually not his decision. I, I gave Eagles that win because we're going to see some upsets that are not necessarily, you know, what you would expect. Not necessarily uh, Tom Brady and all of his endless weapons. And I'm very biased. Yes. So he he let me say that. Uh, he, he let me go along with that without checking me. Uh, no, but I do believe that the Eagles have a nice matchup. It's really just there's gonna be some there's gonna be some craziness. There's gonna be some uh, teams winning that really shouldn't. And I would think that this would be one of them where the Eagles do have an MVP caliber, an elite top five quarterback, um, better than Dak Prescott certainly. Why is that even a debate? Because Cowboys fans. I know. Um, you I mean you do have a quarterback. That is elite up against you know Tom Brady and his all his weapons. You still do you still do have guys like Deshaun Dak, like Deshaun Jackson, and uh, Jalen Rager that I don't think the Buccaneers secondary can match. I mean, who do you put on him? Uh, Vernon Hargraves. I, I mean, he's a Sean Murphy Bunting, perhaps. Oh, he's a slot corner. Um, what's that new guy that was a rookie this last year? Senior rookie. I, yeah, I don't know his name. He was very good. PFF's top uh, rookie corner. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm very biased. I think my receivers are going to win. Uh, well, I mean, and I do too here. So we're going to go ahead and move on from there. Then we have the six-seed Seahawks versus the three-seed Packers. It was actually a closer game than you'd expect with both, uh, with the Seahawks going 12-4 and four and the uh, number three Green Bay Packers going 11-5. We actually have the Seahawks winning here because, well, it's about time that Russell Wilson, like, has a good team around him. Yeah, and this is the perfect. I mean, this is the perfect season for it. I think that they can absolutely beat the Packers this year. It really just came down to my faith in Russell Wilson and that defense. And you know, it's not a lack of faith in Aaron Rodgers that we have. It's the fact that the Seahawks also added Jamal Adams in that secondary, and our faith in him on defense. Also, um, when you're playing the Packers, all you have to do is defend. Uh, what's their Devonte Adams? Oh no, Equinamius St. Brown. Dropped the ball. Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Wait, one of them's not there anymore. It doesn't matter. They're both bad. They're both very bad. Yep. They need more receivers. Yep. So keep on drafting fullbacks. 
Um, next up in the uh, in the AFC, we've got the six seed Steelers versus the three seed Bills. Um, we had the Steelers winning this one. Could you perhaps explain why? Yeah, I don't trust Josh Allen in the playoffs. That's really what it comes down to. And on Big Ben's the veteran quarterback, and I think he leads the team to a victory here. The Steelers are better coached, and I think they'll win this game. Yeah, and honestly, the Bills are the three seed only because they won their division at 9-7. and seven. It wasn't a very difficult schedule, once again, uh, at least in division. And Steelers came in six, but they had a 10-6 and six record and what could arguably be the most difficult division in the league. Yeah, they have a great division. They have to play a lot of tough games, and frankly, they match up well against the Bills. You know, it's funny enough, uh, funny enough they actually kind of reflect the Cardinals over in the NFC West in a very competitive division going 10-6. and six. Yeah. Um, and similarly... They're really the are, older version of the Cardinals. They really are. Um, I like them a lot. Uh, they end up beating the Bills here in the, in the divisional round. Uh, next up, we got Raiders versus Chiefs, which is actually kind of sad. The Raiders, no matter what we did... Like, always got matched up against the Chiefs. They always got the Chiefs, and it's just not happening. That's it, just their kryptonite. They don't match up well at all. Uh, no, it's it's if they came up against perhaps the Steelers, the Bills, the Browns, the Titans, like any of these other teams, they'd be fine. But the Chiefs consistently own them. And it's something that I don't expect to change, especially when they're walking into Arrowhead in, in a playoff playoffs. game. Yeah, that's Arrowhead in a playoff game. It's hard for anyone to win there. Absolutely. So next up, we got Browns versus Titans. Uh, perhaps you could do do a little run on this one. And you know, I really wanted to pick the Browns in this game, but the Browns don't do well with physical teams that come out and punch you in the mouth which is kind of the Titans' mantra. They play physical defense, and they run the ball up the middle, and the Browns just don't do well against that. You know, Becker Mayfield's a really good court, young quarterback. You know, I think in a couple of years, the Browns can make a run at it, but I don't think this is their year. I believe they have the talent, but I don't believe that they have the experience. Um, I mean, good enough, like, good for them getting into playoffs. I just don't see that team going through and really going to tear it. Now, keep in mind, this is a very close matchup. Um, you know, I mean, I honestly, if they beat the Titans, they do have a legitimate shot at the Chiefs because I do believe that they do match up well against them. No, they really do. They're a tough matchup for the, if they were to get matched up against the Chiefs. Yeah, and I mean, every single, they, they're one of those teams that could win, or that could beat and lose to every single team in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, it really just depends on how their young guys play, which is part of what's hard about having a young team. And this Titans team, you know, they played the Patriots last year and won in the playoffs. They have more playoff experience, and that'll ultimately help them in this matchup. Absolutely. So that is the wild card. That's a wild card round. Just to take a look at who made it into the division, we got the Ravens, um, who had that bye week. Steelers playing them. You got the Chiefs and the Titans. We got 49ers, Eagles, Seahawks, and Saints. Saints also got the bye week. Um, so... We'll start with the start with the NFC. Perhaps you could give us uh, your thoughts on 49ers Eagles. Yeah, I mean this is a tough one. The Eagles' offensive line is not as good as it was last year. I think ultimately the Niners' pass rush will get to Wentz, um, and that he'll be running around for his life, having to make throws on the run the whole game, and that the very smart Niners secondary will take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, you really do have a very athletic secondary that I believe can keep up with uh, this Eagles receiving core at this point, which it, it's not necessarily strength, but there is an athletic advantage. There's an athletic edge to it, um, assuming that they're in good health, of course, which is... That's a lot to assume with this Eagles Never team. a good assumption. And, you know, 
the Niners are a running team. The Eagles have a non-existent linebacker core. Yeah. And who's going to stop the outside zone? Nobody at all. I mean, and, you know, it's just I don't see it. I just don't see it happening. It's a, another one of those terrible matchups. And then you have the best tight end in football. Who are you and guarding? And who's guarding him? Who's guarding Kittle? And it's no one. It's legitimately no one. Um, so the Niners, <clears throat> most likely, it's not it's not going to be very close. No. Um, so looking forward to uh, Seahawks and Saints. What do you have? What, what do you think about that one? <laughs> that was a tough one to pick. I mean, all of me wanted to pick the Seahawks, mm-hmm. but I think the Saints have the edge. I definitely do. Um, I think one of the biggest things that you look at is the Saints are probably the best run-defending team in the entire league. Um, You've got a front seven that is absolutely monstrous. Um, Designed, I mean, you're a big front seven. They're built to stop the run, you know. Just speaking of linebackers, they got Nigel Bradham to add to their already deep linebacker room this last year. Um, They've got guys like Cam Jordan, you know. uh, Just a few different guys along the front four, even, that can really shed blocks, stop the run, and, you know, your secondary is going to be good enough to where, you know, I think the Seahawks will have them running, but I just don't know if Russell Wilson can stay in the pocket long enough to let them get downfield. And given that Pete Carroll refuses to give Russell Wilson the ball when he really should have it, um, I don't see them winning that game. No, and I see Drew Brees in his last year scrapping to win that game. No, but that's going to be kind of a theme that you see here is, Drew Brees really is in is in his last it's his last chance, you know, and he's he's still he's still a good enough quarterback to where you know I believe in him in the playoffs. Even though we've seen that he's fallen short the last couple of years, I say fallen short as if you know the refs are his responsibility. Totally screwed him over. Yeah. So uh, uh, moving forward, the four teams we have left: Ravens, Chiefs, Niners, and Saints uh, in the conference. Uh, it's very chalky. They're ones and twos along the board, but I just it fell together that way, you know. And and you know, looking at those AFC matchups, you know the Titans don't match up well against the Chiefs, and the Steelers Ravens game was a hard one to pick, but we have the Ravens coming out on top of that one. Yeah, at some point, Lamar Jackson, he's got to win a foot. He's got to win a playoff game, like you know, and he hasn't done that yet. And I, I part of me wanted to sit there and say, well, there's going to be one team that loses here. You almost got to say it's the Ravens because they just haven't shown it. But at some point, he's going to win one. And, uh, and you know, I believe that if he's going to win one, it's going to be versus the Steelers that they've already played twice, that they've split with. Um, so, uh, game one, look at the Chiefs over the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this time and time again. We saw the no-look pass against the Ravens. We've seen... Mahomes just do crazy things against them, and I just think it's a bad matchup for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson still, even last year, people, I think people forget. Lamar Jackson has not beaten Patrick Mahomes, ever. No. Nope. Like, they've played twice, and neither time has Lamar Jackson won by and the Ravens. You know, uh, last year, they lost early on in the season, even when the Chiefs couldn't stop the run. Uh, the Chiefs still beat the Ravens. Um, in that 13-3 and three season. Uh, and I even saw people saying things like, well, the Chiefs couldn't possibly stop the Ravens. And I went, well, they did. Yeah, and we have them splitting this year. We have the Ravens winning their regular season matchup um, just due to, to home field advantage. Yeah. And uh, I don't see, and I think the thing that I, and where I really sold you on this, because you weren't necessarily sure, 
I said, well, I mean, you got the Ravens winning at home early on in the season. I believe it was week eight. Um, and then you look at the Chiefs, like, they're not going to drop two games to the Ravens. No, they're not going to drop two games to the Ravens. They're going to have film of what they did wrong against this team, and they're going to react. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things is they've got a winning culture there uh, that I think can bounce back. Uh, but So I do have the Chiefs winning this game, going to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. Uh, what you really see, what you really see with this team is they're the best team in the league last year, and they got better. You know, you pick up guys like Willie Gay Jr. Uh, I think obviously the most important one would be Clyde Edwards-Helaire, which was the only spot in their offense that needed help. And you know, he's ultimately what sold me on uh, this matchup is that I don't know who on the Ravens could keep up with him. Yeah, I mean Patrick Queen, as great as he is, I just don't see him keeping up with him on an option route, for example. No. Or, I mean, that offensive line's going to be able to run block. And think about the Chiefs almost run screens more than they do actually run the ball. And, man, Clyde Edwards-Heeler on a screen. The Chiefs run the ball? Yeah, occasionally, yes. Oh, on, I missed that. Yeah, well, I mean, didn't you see Damian Williams win Super Bowl MVP? Well, that was mostly on screen passes. Yeah, except he didn't win Super Bowl MVP because Patrick Mahomes. As much as I like Mahomes, that was garbage. Um, so next game. Uh, we got 49ers versus Saints. Can you kind of tell me what, what happened here? Well, I mean, we kind of mentioned this earlier. The Saints have the best run stoppers. Run stop, I say run stoppers. Run stopping defense in the league. The Niners like to run the ball. The Saints don't have a bad secondary, and I don't trust Jimmy G. No. And I trust Drew Brees and that offense to get it done, and I trust Sean Payton to come up clutch here in Drew Brees' final year. Yeah, and I think that this is really one of these things where Drew Brees – you know, Drew Brees, they add Emmanuel Sanders, for example, to this team. Somehow they can add more weapons, by the way. I don't understand it. But you've got to stop. And I was he wasn't necessarily sold on this, and so I kind of told him, I said, well, you've got Alvin Kamara, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, you know, Drew Brees distributing the ball. How are you going to stop that? And Sean that? Payton calling the plays. Exactly. How are you going to stop that with the 49ers? Like, you know, you might be having to – you might be trying to stop George Kittle if you're the Saints. I don't know how you do that. I I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. But you don't have like you. It's even more of a question for the Niners. I mean, Fred Warner. Yeah, sure, you can cover Alvin Kamara. What about Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas? And not just Michael Thomas. You know, people think Michael Thomas. You know, you can't guard Mike. But what happens with Emmanuel Sanders? That's going to be an issue. You know, and and that offensive line. Let's not forget they're the best offensive line in the league. Better than the Niners. They've got the best tackle duo in the league, and. And honestly, they, they got better because they replaced one of their guards. And people will say, oh, the 49ers pass rush, but Drew Brees is going to be holding on to the ball for a long time. They're going to be getting the ball out fast. Yeah, and that's one thing that Drew Brees is going to do. He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to lose you that game. Um, it's really just a question of can that defense stop him, and I think that's a matchup that the Saints like a lot. Um, so now we've got a Chiefs-Saints Super Bowl, perhaps what it should have been two years ago. Perhaps. Hmm. So, D Ford. So, we've got. So, okay, let's let's kind of go into the matchup before we say necessarily who won. I mean, you have you know the explosive Chiefs offense against the veteran Saints, also explosive offense, and so both offenses have firepower. They both have a lot of weapons. They can both put up a lot of points. So what does that come down to? It comes down to your defense. Yep. Um, the Saints have Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams. They have a really great defense. The Chiefs have an improving 
defense. I mean, great defensive coordinator in Steve Spagnola that somehow turned Rust into gold last year. And so it's really a good matchup. But I'll let you reveal who we uh, picked. Yeah, and I think one thing that's important to remember that both of these teams were Super Bowl caliber teams last year. Definitely. And you know something crazy? Both of them got better. Both of them got a lot better. You know, and they they really, they're two of the smartest front offices in the league. I mean, honestly, what you ended up seeing was four of the smartest front offices in the league end up being in the conference championships where these teams know how to maximize that window. They know how to keep their window open. Uh, the Chiefs had, I believe it was $170 in March. They then proceeded to re-sign Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins, and am I missing somebody? I feel like somebody else. Like, they, they went on a tear. It's, oh, and Travis Kelsey. Only Travis Kelsey. Only Travis Kelsey. So, these are teams that can continue to maintain this dominance and draft well and do everything you know that they need to do to stay on top and maximize that window. And keep in mind, neither of these teams have that quarterback. Or, I say, the Chiefs no longer are preparing for a quarterback on a rookie contract. Like, or they're preparing to no longer have Patrick Holmes on their rookie contract. So, they've got their window, but they're set. Yeah, they are. And very, and in the opposite direction, you know, the Saints are looking at after this. Taysom Hill is not Steve. Uh, is not Steve Young. Like, uh, unlike, you know, what Sean Payton is saying, they're going to be looking at somebody else. You know, yeah. Your your window's closing fast, and unless they go pull a Colts and pick up whoever from somewhere else. Andy Dalton. Yeah, Andy Dalton. That's no, you. Like that's <laughs> their window's pretty much their window's closed after this year. So, um, this, this is going to bring us to, uh, we have the Saints winning the Super Bowl. Um, we have Drew Brees going out with a ring. And that's really, and it's, part of it is not, part of it's all obviously like what I would like to see. And, and to keep in mind, this is over my own Chiefs. Um, I, I agreed with this because, first of all, to see a team go back-to-back Super Bowls is just not fun. Well, it's not fun and it, it really doesn't, it doesn't happen. I, the Patriots don't count. It doesn't happen. You know, and even getting this far into the season, like, the Chiefs, they're 12-4 and four again. They went 12-4 and four last year. You know, it just they got better, but there's only so much better you can get um, without luck just kind of going against you. And they had all the luck go with them last year. So, I mean, I think it comes down to it. The Saints are just going to be that older team. They're doing a great job in team building. They've got their offensive line. They've got a veteran quarterback. They've got tons of weapons like the Chiefs. Um, they've got their alpha corner which the Chiefs just don't have. You know, and I just ultimately see them pulling out a win. Yeah. And you know, that wraps up our season and we'll go into our award picks. Yeah, so uh, this is these awards we're doing uh, MVP, Coach of the Year, uh, Comeback Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie, and Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, we each have our own that we do not. Well, I know one of yours because it was very obvious. And I screamed it out loud. Yes, uh, but uh, I'd, I'd actually like to see what uh, what you have first for MVP. What could it possibly be? It is a uh, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. And this one's just wishful thinking for you, isn't it? Well, I think that the Seattle Seahawks will have a great season. He'll put up good numbers. DK Metcalf will go off, and that he'll get that MVP because the fans love him. Uh, yes, and and I, I totally see that, um, and I, I honestly, that's the ideal. That is the ideal MVP for me. Um, but given it's a media award, 
and I think that when you when it comes down to it, they're going to be doing the voting right before the Super Bowl. Uh, and I'm going to give it to Drew Brees. Regardless if he wins, I think he gets that MVP because he has never won an MVP, I believe. It's his last season. It's his last season. He's making a Super Bowl run. And I just don't see him not getting it because I believe the media is going to be on his side in that one. And not just that, but I mean, he's obviously having a fantastic season if this happens. He's got more weapons, you know, and I just, I see it really all coming together for that MVP season. And honestly, I'd love to see Drew Brees win the award. Awesome dude. I want to see him win the Super Bowl, and uh, him winning MVP would be awesome. He deserved it a long time ago. Um, but it's very similar to Russell Wilson. He was never that guy in the news. And Russell Wilson deserved it last year. I should preface it with that. Absolutely. Um, and then, Now, for Coach of the Year, what do you have? I have, uh, ironically, I actually have uh, Saints coach Sean Payton. Okay, okay. Yeah, and why would that be? Well, I mean, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to have a, you know, well, I forgot what we predicted their record to be, like 12-4. and Yep. Winning season, winning their division, making the Super Bowl. I mean, I think that explains itself. Yeah. Um, So my coach of the year actually was Cliff Kingsbury, and – I believe that because, first of all, I think people love the Cardinals right now in general. From, like, just from the sense of they love Kyler Murray, they love seeing this new exciting offense, and I think you're going to see this this team go from a really mediocre to just not good team last year to a team that, I mean, you're saying, you're saying 10 wins in the hardest division in football. That's pretty special, especially for a second-year coach to go and deal with the rookie quarterback and all the things surrounding that, so... I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I can definitely see that. The only reason I would doubt that is because they didn't win the division. But, yep. you know, he could still get it. Yep, and, and not just that. But, I mean, he ended up taking that third wild card spot. So you're you're making a playoff team out of it. So Yeah, I mean, and I could that re- very well could happen. People love the Cardinals right now, and he's, you know, we think he's going to do a great job this year. Yeah. So who is uh, your comeback player of the year? Comeback player of the year is Phillip Rivers. All right. Colts I, quarterback. I can see that. You know, they're not, we don't have them as a playoff team this year, but people like Flip Rivers. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, like I think Phillip he's going to have a good season with uh, Frank Reich. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I could really see that. Uh, so my comeback player of the year is going to be Cam Newton, mostly because everybody has a massive man crush on him. Um, he's most likely going to go out there, win a starting job. Um, he's really played that whole he's, – he's really played victim about the whole situation getting cut in Carolina. Um, and – you know, I mean, his time his time was up. Everybody loves the former MVP, and they want to see him return to glory, and I think anything close, I think him winning that job and putting up 3,500 yards, I think he'll get that. Yeah, I could seriously see that one. People love Cam Newton, and he's going to be playing behind Belichick. So. Yep. Um, who do you have as your Offensive Rookie of the Year? I have my Offensive, player of the, offensive Rookie of the Year, not Player of the Year, as uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Ooh, all right. Explain that a little bit. Well, I think he's going to excel in that offense. I think that the my Dolphins will be a fun up and coming team. People love to it'll be come back from his injury, and you know these are largely media awards, and he'll play to the media really well. Yep, for sure. Um, so I have offensive rookie of the year as Cam Akers, um, which might surprise people, but he's kind of been my sleeper offensive rookie of the year for ever since he was drafted. Um, you're looking at a a semi-unknown dude. I say semi-unknown because he's most people's running back 4 or 5. I mean, I've seen some people really like him, but 
The man's as talented as anybody. I mean, I use as talented as Jonathan Taylor, honestly, in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, you're talking about talented runners. He just came from a system in Florida State with zero offensive line. His offensive line could have laid down and done a better job than they actually did. Um, he has all the talent in the world, and then he's going to go in there with Sean McVay. Running outside zone. Running outside zone, which is exactly what he's supposed to do. And, you know, I mean, I just I see it working out. I see him legitimately being able to get those 1,300 yards that, that you'd look for. Uh, maybe not 1,300, but 1,000-plus yards for a rookie running back. That's nuts. Yeah, and taking that starting job from Daryl Henderson, uh, second-year player out of Memphis. So what's your defensive rookie of the year? My defensive rookie of the year is the freakiest athlete in the draft, uh, drafted by the Cardinals at pick eight um, yes. or pick seven. I don't remember. Uh, and that's Isaiah Simmons. Okay. I totally see that, yeah. I think they're going to let him run wild back there, and he's going to be havoc. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely a big part of that is definitely the uh, the name, the pre-draft name, you know. That's maybe why Cam Akers might not get it, but I, I, I like him too much to not. <laughs> uh, no, so my defense rookie here, actually, um, I don't hate uh, I don't hate the Ravens. It's Patrick Queen. Um, I think you've got that front four with, you know, guys like Calais Campbell, you know, the big space eaters up front that's going to open up a lot of gaps for Patrick Queen to just play that really smart uh, – athletic Mike, and uh, you know, I think he's going to be great in general. He's going to probably get a couple picks and and really run that defense. Um, like a lighter C.J. Mosley. Yeah, that. I could see him being a really good player. I have some questions about him, but it's a media game and the awards, so I could see it. Yep. So, now one thing that we forgot to write down, actually two, the Offensive Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. So, I know an offensive player of the year off the top of my head who I, that I would suggest. Do you happen to have one? I do. All right, go for it. And my offensive player of the year is Tom Brady. Okay, good. I'm glad you didn't say LeBron knows. Yeah, so, <laughs> so explain. Tom Brady's been playing the Bruce Arians offense. He's going to have you know endless receiver weapons, and I think he's going to put up a lot of yards. All right. Yeah. So and this is where that that's a very good pick. Uh, for me, actually, what I what I was thinking was George Kittle. Oh, I would love to see that. fresh off the contract, you know, and he's one of those guys that's super likable dude, incredibly talented. He's going to have those highlight reels like he did last year. Um, first thing that comes to mind was the Saints game um, where he just kept running like nobody was there. Really there. Um, you know, I just I see George Kittle going out there and, I mean, honestly, p- being a massive weapon for a team that goes on a 12-4 and season uh, and then goes and plays in the conference championship. Yeah, so I could. I would love to see that. George Kittle is my second favorite player in the league, so I would love to see him win that award. Yep. All right, and then who would you have as defensive player of the year? I mean, I think this comes as no surprise. Uh, it's the safety that was just traded. Jets messed this one up. It's uh, Jamal Adams of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I could really, I could very well see that. Um, now, you know, the, only, the only reason I could see him not wanting that is because safeties are underappreciated in the NFL. Safeties are entirely underappreciated in the NFL, and it needs to stop. So so let's stop now. You're aware. Um, I, You know, for me, it all comes down to uh, who's going to lead the league in sacks, one of those alpha edge rushers. I, I cannot say it's not going to be Aaron Donald. I just can't do it. Um, he's too good. You know, and if you want to look at somebody who's – going to be on one of those winning teams, it's easy to sit there and say Nick Bosa, you know, 
Um, Who the media would love to give that award. He would love to give it to Nick Bosa. Um, Please give it to Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams deserves it already. That season hasn't started. Give it to Jamal Adams, please. Um, So, now that we've done singing the praises of Jamal Adams and safeties everywhere. um, Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson. Derwin James. Earl Thomas. Terry Matthews. So many good ones. Underappreciated. We still whole episode on how safeties are underappreciated. Appreciate your safeties, dang it. This is Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath is not a real safety. <laughs> I knew that'd get you. All right, that'll just about wrap up our awards uh, for today, episode five. Um, keep an eye out for more of these things as we go just about every week. I'm trying to record them on Mondays. Uh, make sure to follow at Amateur Draft Scout on Instagram and on Twitter at A Draft Scout. I'm trying to get a little bit more involved uh, with Twitter. That tends to be where all the draft community uh, tends to you know, share their information. Um, so... Look out for me there. I'm still kind of learning the ropes. Uh, I'll see you next week. Later. Later.